If you're looking for ways to prioritize your health and fitness, run more efficiently, understand food, and somehow fit it all into a fun and family-centered life, you're in the right place. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 28 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we're going to be talking about some of the benefits and some of the challenges of coaching new runners. And this can apply to runners of all ages. You know, we are high school cross-country coaches, so we deal a lot with new runners, people that have just never run a step in their life and come out and want to be a part of the team. And then in our coaching business, we also deal with a lot of new runners that want to just get in better shape and start running. People that have never maybe run a step in their life, but they're ready to start. So today we're going to kind of talk about some of the benefits of being a new runner and also some of the challenges that new runners face. Um, I, I think that one of the ones we should start with is is a key benefit that we get a lot of by coaching the, the high school runners yeah. is the benefit that just shows up because these kids are growing just because they're like they're high school age kids. You know, if as a coach, I can basically get out of the way and keep them from being injured to sort of gentle guidance that keeps them out of the injury path just they're they're growing and getting stronger will get them faster from year to year. Yeah, and I mean I think that pretty much applies to any age. You you definitely see it a lot more with the high school runners because as they grow and develop and go through puberty and start developing muscle, they do tend to make those gains a lot quicker. But you especially also, on the boys' side, especially on like, the boys' side. Oh, let's, hey, why don't I do a little bit of running and then just overload you with testosterone? Oh, look, <laughs> you got bigger and stronger. I'm an amazing coach. Right. No, just stay out of the way. That kid's gonna get stronger and faster. Right, right. But it's the same thing if you're a new runner too. When you first start out, maybe you're only able to run for 15 seconds, 30 seconds before you need a walking break. And after you do that for a month, you're able to run for a minute or two or even more without needing a walking break because your body just starts to adapt. Your muscles start to get stronger. Your muscles start adapting. Your lungs start to get stronger and you're able to process more oxygen more effectively and your your body just starts getting in better shape and so just in general you're getting in better shape so you're going to be able to get faster and run more yeah and i mean one of the the great parts about this is running stresses so many different parts of the body there's i remember when i was back in high school myself and it was like well this summer, what's harder to get back into it? Is it that I, I feel like I'm I'm not able to breathe as much or are my legs getting tired first? And then the next summer, it tended to flip back and forth. And it's like, oh, well, this year, my muscles of, of my legs just really can't keep up. I feel like I'm breathing fine, but my legs can't keep up. And because there's so many different systems and it's way more than just lungs and legs because there's so many different systems if you stress anything your body adapts and you just automatically become better if you haven't run at all ever if you're a new runner a young runner whatever age a young runner 
Meaning young in your running career. Young in your running career. Right. Everything is a new a new stress on the body. And so the body adapts and you just automatically improve. Yeah, which is awesome. And that's one thing that so many new runners get super excited about because they are seeing all of these amazing gains right at the beginning. You know, the first couple of weeks for anybody starting out, whether you're newer or older or, you know, you're just, anytime you're getting back into it, the first couple of weeks don't always feel great. That's going to be a rough time. Yeah. But like a month or so in, you start to feel better about it. You start feeling good. You start to see these gains. You start to see yourself getting faster or the runs feeling easier. So that's very exciting and very motivating. And a lot of times new runners are quick to jump in without testing the water first. Is that a good way to put it? Jump into... Anything. (laughs) Yes. You know, I mean, anything, really. Like, especially races. You know, people will start signing up for a race. They do a 5K, and they're like, oh, that was great. And then they sign up for one the next week and the next week and the next week. And they just try to, you know, keep going. Well, this leads to one of the challenges is they they go for their first one, and their first one is automatically a personal best because they've never raced a 5K before. Right. So it's the best they've ever raced a 5K, and then they sign up for one the next weekend. And they're a new runner. Just having the experience of racing a 5K, now they're like, oh, well, I can do that. I can probably do that a little bit faster, and the next week is is a better time. It's a new personal best. And they sign up for one two weeks later, and it's a new personal best. And it's it's awesome. It's this huge, like, oh, my God, every time I sign up for, for a race, I just do better and better, which is a great positive for a runner, but also a huge challenge because at some point, that personal best stops. Right. There's a down race. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's bound to happen. It's just a matter of when it's coming in. And it may happen kind of early. Maybe the second one. It could be the fifth one. You know, we had, I think, one of the kids on our team last year ran best in every single race except for the second to last one mm-hmm. you know it just kept getting better and better and better yeah and it hit that second he was one. bummed that that time yeah they're like what what happened Co- coach what what went wrong nothing and i'm like nothing went wrong right it's at some point in time you're going to have a race where your body starts getting closer to that level where you can actually be at and you're going to be there for a little while it, it plateaus until you come up with a new stress to put on the body right and that's the interesting thing. You know, you you do keep getting better, but then at some point you reach some sort of plateau and that's kind of your body's limit, like you said. Like everybody kind of has their natural limit, would you say? It's like a, a, a level of homeostasis right. where your body is happy to be at that point. Right. Right. Homeostasis is that balance that our body likes to be in, you know, where all the systems kind of know exactly what they're doing. They're very comfortable at that point. And then, like Kevin said, in order to change that and continue to improve, you have to add on a new stress. So another challenge for the, you know, the new runners and and coaching new runners is you need to stress them appropriately so that they continue to get better. But at the same time, you can't overdo it so that they get injured. Right. I mean, one of the big challenges as a new coach is, and we mentioned this, is you can throw almost anything at them. If I took a group of high school freshmen or, you know, a group of like 40-year-old brand new runners and said, okay, for the next two months, we're going to go out and just run for 30 minutes every day, nice and easy. Mm -hmm. At the end of those two months, they're going to be in in better shape and they're going to be significantly faster. But I could also make them faster saying, all right, every day we're going to go out and walk for 20 minutes and then we're going to sprint 
four times at 15 seconds each time. Mm -hmm. They're going to get faster at the end of two months because it's a new thing for them. And so because the second one sounds more fun, like, oh, I get to do some like sprinting in there. That'll be great. And athletes, especially new athletes, are going to see a payoff with almost anything you can do to them. They'll tend to choose the like sexier route of throwing some sprints into it. Mm-hmm. This is dangerous. Why? Well, if you if you haven't built up the like muscle base of all of the muscles you need to run, then trying to push yourself to an extreme of sprinting is a, a dangerous place to start. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to take somebody who's just got their driver's permit and be like, okay, now what I want you to do... Let's drive on the Autobahn. ...is floor it. Right. Let's just see how you can handle driving at 120 miles an hour. Like, right. it's, a, it's dangerous. Right, right. It, and some people might be okay with it. And it might not hurt them the first couple times they do it, but eventually it might catch up to them. Well, yeah, the first couple times might be fun. Right. And until they until you crash and then something's going to get hurt. Yeah, that happened to me this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, a little minor minor scooter accident. Minor that we're not scooter gonna, accident. That we're not going to talk about right now. But if you follow me on Instagram, you might you might already know about that. So <laughs> You overcame. You overcame quite nicely. Yeah, I'm still sore, though. I've got a heck of a bruise on my Achilles. Which is not a good spot to to bruise when you're heading off for a long run on a weekend. Definitely not. Okay, so pretty much when a new runner is around then, just going out and doing nice, easy cardio every single day is going to get them faster, right? That's what you're saying? Yes. Okay, but for a lot of us, myself included, that seems ridiculously boring. I mean, some people are totally cool with that and are totally, I was talking to a friend the other day. She said, I'll go out and run five miles at the same pace every day. And I'm totally fine with that. And to me, that is not, does not sound like fun. Like I like to play with speed work and do things, you know, with varied paces and that kind of stuff. So how do we do that as new runners? How do we do that safely and effectively? Yeah, the the balance is really tricky, and in in coming up and and creating an outline and trying to think about this this episode here, I had a lot of you in mind. Oh, you know, with uh, with the high school kids, it's like, well, I'm their coach; they'll do what I tell them to. <laughs> it was a little trickier for, for the most part. Um, <laughs> it was trickier of trying to guide you into becoming a runner and not just being like, well. You really should just go out and run relaxed for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. There's there's this, um, it, it's a delicate balance of right. keeping it interesting enough, but at the same time, making sure that most of what you're doing is sort of recovery level, just very nice aerobic running. Yeah, but you still have to keep your wife happy. Of course, you have to <laughs> got to keep it entertained. Um, and so it's like, okay, well, we're going to have nice aerobic thing, but then we'll do this little song and dance thing over here to make it seem like we're doing something more exciting. Um, I, I did a lot of... Um, changing the pace up and down constantly. You know, a couple of my favorite workouts for myself and for you are minute on, minute off, Mm -hmm. or two minutes on, two minutes off. And that kind of thing is good for new runners as well. It's great for new runners. It's also great for very experienced runners because you can take the minute on, minute off and do almost any type of workout with it. Right, because it's effort-based. It's completely effort-based. So if your minute on is sort of like, a little bit above easy and then your minute off is easy or even walking that's just nice aerobic right or you can push it so your minute on is like 
a much more intense thing, more like a 5K race pace, and then minute off is nice and easy. Mm-hmm. It's a totally different workout. Right. Right. And and when you vary it one one like that, you never really get into that comfort zone because as soon as you think, okay, I can relax for a little bit, that minute is over and it's time for you to go change it up again. Right. And I mean, the same, you get slightly different benefits of, of 2-2. That's what I was doing this morning of how hard you're dueling you... pistols at dawn. Yes. It's, I, I don't know. For some reason, I think it was possible that the fog over the grass had, had me get this vision in mind <laughs> right. of like, it's 2-2. I didn't have it set for run for this distance and make sure you hit it in this time. It was run pretty hard for two minutes. And I wasn't even checking on myself of like, how far did I cover every two minutes? And then how how far did I cover on my two minute recovery? I just knew I wanted a, to be pushing at a certain level and not let up during those two minutes. Mm-hmm. And after you're going for about a minute, minute and a half, your body says, I'm done. And your mind says, nope, you're not done yet. Yeah. And it was it was still too dark out this morning to look down and see how much time I had left. So I was going until the alarm rang on my phone. Yeah. But, you know, right there, I'm glad you mentioned that because that, I think, is another... Um, challenge that a lot of new runners experience. They don't understand what those effort levels mean. You know, they don't know exactly what is easy, easy. What is hard? Like what should hard feel like? What should easy feel like? What should medium feel like? So that can be quite challenging trying to to explain that to new runners as well. Right. Most new runners have two paces. Well, three. There's walking, which is I can't possibly run anymore. I'm going to have to walk. Then there's one level up from that, which is running as easy as they possibly can. And then there's what they refer to as sprinting. And anything that's above easy is basically, this is my sprint. And there's so many shades of gray in there. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I wouldn't, I kind of disagree with that. Sure. Um, but because I think that the if, if you were to say that there's three levels, I would say walking, sprinting. People pretty much know what an all-out sprint is, running as fast as you can. Uh, but I've, I think, I've seen my cross-country kids, and they tell me it's a sprint, and it's not. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. But I think that a lot of runners don't really understand what easy jog feels like. I think that they tend to default into that moderate pace, that kind of black hole of training that, you know, some um, – running coaches refer to it as like the black hole of training. It's it's a little too fast to be easy, but it's not fast enough to be hard. And it's kind of that in-between pace that, you know, a lot of times pe- people fall into that pace and it's not a recovery and it's not a speed workout. It's just kind of in-between. This is a very dangerous pace for, for beginning runners, especially beginning runners who need to put in a lot of walking breaks. For someone at that fitness level, Easy is pretty much walking. And once you're above that level, you're out of the easy range. Yeah. You know, and if if your recovery run, if you're trying to run and you can't talk at all, that's not a recovery run. Yeah. Like running for you is already at least a medium, maybe beyond that. Right. And that can be another challenge that, that when a lot of people start running, sometimes, you know, maybe they have a friend that's running and they get kind of pulled in and they want to run with that friend, right? But 
they are not at the same fitness level as that friend. So what might be an easy pace for their friend might definitely not be an easy pace for them. Oh, yeah, very much so. I've got this going on on my team right now of of kids who've been running for four years, kids who've been running for one year, and I'm like, okay, go off on an easy run, and they come back together. And, you know, one is one is panting and one is not. Right. And it's funny because especially on the team – you have boys and girls. And so the boys think that they need to keep up with the girl, the senior girl and the freshman boy that, you know, might not necessarily be at the same exact level, but that boy feels like he should keep up with that girl. Yeah. And that girl doesn't want to get beat by a freshman. She doesn't really care about gender. Right. (laughs) So it's an interesting battle of uh, making sure that kids understand, you know, everybody's progressing at a different pace. Some people have been going at this for a lot longer. Um, You know, two different people, even, even two people that race a very similar time, you know, because once we're a few races into the season, you can kind of be like, okay, well, this group of kids run this time for a 5K, this run this time for a 5K. And as a coach, it's it's tricky to not be like, okay, well, you guys all run around 24 minutes, so this is the workout you're going to do today. Right. What, you can run 24 minutes, but this kid's been running for four years, and this kid's been running for like four weeks. Mm-hmm. They don't need the same workout. And trying to individualize everything out, it, it's tricky, and you don't want to make some kids feel like they're getting like judged negatively. Right. It, it, new runners are tough. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> not only – I mean, we haven't even really talked about this part. Um, you know, there's the physical stuff, but there's also all the mental barriers that – new runners are breaking through as well. I don't know if we should get into that right now. Maybe we can do the next episode about the mental stuff in yeah, new runners. Let's veer this one back towards effort level. Right. You know, by going through these kids of, uh, of cross country and then taking them into track season, mm-hmm. you know, the first few races, they shoot off a gun and I've watched these kids start and, it's funny because they're like, okay, well, in cross country, they're used to running three miles. It's yeah, a 5K. You got to settle in. Okay, I've got my pace. It's nice and comfortable. And I'm screaming at them faster. Like, it's it's a two-lap race. If right. you're not at a high-end speed, you're done. Yeah, you're, you, you're spit out the back real quick, and yeah, there's no you gotta recovery. You got to go, and you got to go now. And they had they had no idea. I'm out there. Coach, what... I was only three steps in and you were like, you got to move. I'm like, well, that's because you needed to move. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You had settled into a comfortable run. It's a half mile. You got to fly. Yeah. So there's pretty much three main takeaways that we want you guys to kind of get from this episode. And we're going to kind of go through them now. We'll expand a little bit more as we go through. So number one, as a new runner, you're going to get faster as long as you stay healthy. And that is the trick. Yes, and and it's got that back end of it also. You're going to get faster to a point. To a point, right. And so the key is to really, number one, avoid injury, right? I mean, that's really what you need to do as a new runner is keep running, enjoy it, but you need to avoid injury. So what are some of the best ways for new runners to avoid injury? Um you got to avoid the twos. You can't go too too long, too fast, too soon. Mm-hmm. Okay? If if you try and build up anything in a hurry, it, that's really the biggest thing is if you put a goal out there and it doesn't have the appropriate timeline, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, I want to see these short-term gains. I want to get to that thing as fast as I possibly can. 
and as fast as you possibly can is probably not the best training method. Right. It's going to catch up to you eventually. It's just a matter of when. Right. You might be able to get to that goal in that in your first race, but then you run that when you're like, ooh, now I want to get even faster one month later. And it, it, running is it has a longer timeline than that. And it's you got to look at it as, as a longer path, as a slow building journey, and you'll keep getting the improvements. Well, that's our number two point. Excellent. All right. So... Number two is don't focus on those short-term gains as much and think of running more in the long term. I mean, it's great to celebrate those short-term gains. Absolutely. That is totally not what we're saying. Like, you should celebrate every single step along the way. But if you're only looking to get faster in a very short amount of time, understand that your running career might get cut short or your running career might be riddled with injury along the way. Yeah, this is part of my issue with the like the the marathon bucket list crew. Like I I I go back and forth and it really depends on the person. Yeah. Some people put it on they're like I have to complete a marathon and I have nothing against the I want to complete a marathon person because some of them turn into well I I wanted to complete a marathon that was my goal and they get the running itch and right. then then it's like oh now I, I want to do that I want this now wants I love to, running this wants to be my thing yeah but there's other people that are like no I want the easiest plan that will get me across the finish line so I can put a check mark next to I did a marathon and then they stop running and, and the the easiest plan is also likely to get you hurt on the way and then they run through the injury during the marathon and they're like what running is terrible you should never do that again yeah I have a friend that actually tore both of her plantar fascia oh god and then ran a full marathon on torn plantar fascia I want to sit down just hearing you say that I know I mean that had to have been the most painful thing ever I don't know how she did it but you know I think that was about three years ago at this point and she still hasn't fully gotten back into her normal running no. and she wants to right you know she, she wants she's to. mentally there she's just still not even physically I mean, recovered. It, it took her a while to get there mentally for sure um but you know she it's gonna take a while mentally to get to that point where you even want to run again and then when you want to run again there's doing it you know the right way to avoid for you know injury because she obviously experienced that in in the past and doesn't want that to happen again right so then it's a it's a real slow path back right but she had the goal you know to complete that marathon and she wasn't going to let anything get in her way she was going to run that marathon she had signed up she put money down you got to do it right right and and it's dangerous it's very dangerous and you know some for some people that's what they want to do and they're okay with whatever kind of comes along with it whatever the consequences are that's that was their goal they wanted to achieve it you know, so you have to kind of look at your goals and say, is, is, is that race, that one race, is that the ultimate thing? And then I'm okay with whatever consequence that brings, or do you want to then continue to look forward and and build your running career? And maybe, maybe you skip that race this time around and and then, you know, move on and, and find another race. I mean, it's, it's different for everybody and I, I'm not judging. I mean, I love my friend dearly and you know who you are if you're listening, but, <laughs> but you know, like that was the choice she made and whether or not she's happy about it or, or not happy about it. I mean, that's, that's what happened. And, um, and then she had to move forward. Right. I mean, that's, that's really what this point is, is don't focus on the short-term gains unless that is your goal. Unless those short-term gains really are the ultimate thing you're aiming for, 
then as long as you are comfortable with accepting the possible negative consequences of it, in general, I'd say running, you got to take the bigger, the long-term view. Right. And so that kind of brings us to number three. It, you want to, to, in our opinion, try to avoid that pendulum, that vicious cycle where you start to train and you're training, you're training, training, you're doing all the things for the short-term goals and then you get injured. And then you have to rehab your injury, you have to take time off of running and then the pendulum swings back, right? So you're you're progressing, 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 you get injured and the pendulum has to backswing where you lose a lot of your fitness and go back down to almost baseline for some people depending on what kind of injury it was. And then you're going to have to once that rehab injury is rehabbed, then the pendulum is going to swing back. If you if you do want to continue running, you're going to have to slowly build back up and then hopefully do it a little bit um, different the second time around so that you don't keep getting you know injured and having to backswing and forward swing and backswing. Right, but so many people, when they backswing and they're back to that, they're like, oh, but I know where I was. Right. And so then they try and get back to where they were as fast as possible. Yes. And all that does is lead to the next inevitable injury, yeah. and that's the cycle of if you know where you were and you try and get back there as fast as possible, well... When you got there, you got there too quick, and that's why you got hurt in the first place. That caused the backslide. So trying to rush to get back there is just going to cause the rush to the backslide again. Right. So you have to focus on that slow, steady progression. I mean, you make an excellent point because or think about the runners, right, where it took them three years to get to that point, and then they get injured for whatever reason, and they have the backswing, and then they want to get back to where they were in three months or five months. <laughs> or, or think Just about pregnancy. Stop looking at me as you say that. <laughs> well, think, but, or, but think about pregnancy. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of women that are amazing runners. They get pregnant. They have to take the time off after pregnancy and then the postpartum period. And then they want to get back into running and they want to jump right back to where they were. And the body just is not capable of that. Yeah, especially especially the hips coming off of a first pregnancy. Oh, Your hips yeah. are not even at the same angle anymore. No, those ligaments are loose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, well, I'm just going to leap right back into my tempo run and my marathon pace. And I've got all these things like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You need to start nice and gradual. Yeah. And, you know, this goes back to what we were saying before finding the like oh but this speed work it works for me and it gets me in shape and it gets me in shape really fast and it's like well it might but there's a there's a cost and and a, a risk to that of yes that might get you in shape faster but it's the riskier approach if you're gonna try and do some of the the I don't know, sort of like side stuff, the the speed, throwing in stuff like plyometrics and, and all sorts of extra strength training over the top. You know, there's there's a, a running adage that's been around for a while. It's like, if you want to be a better runner, run. Yeah. And I think, you know, we like to kind of apply these running things to real life. And we do tend to talk about food and just living a healthier life. And Kevin and I, when we were kind of talking about this episode before we started recording, we pointed out how much this is like crash dieting. You know, there's a lot of people out there that will do the juice cleanse or this diet or that diet because they want to lose 
uh, five or 10 pounds before a wedding or they want to lose however much weight. And you can do it. You know, there's ways out there that you can lose weight very quickly, but eventually that pendulum is probably going to swing back in the other direction. Like you cannot sustain a liquid only diet for more than a couple of weeks, really. It does not sound like a good plan. Right. So eventually, so that pendulum is going to swing back. So again, for your overall health and wellness, you got to focus on that slow-term progression, you know. So with eating, we advocate making very small changes one by one. And eventually, you turn around five years later and you're eating habits and your body looks nothing like it did five years ago. But you didn't even necessarily realize how many changes you made along the way because they came in such small steps. Right. And the same thing happens with running. If every time you try and put a new, a new add on into your running routine. And I mean, we strongly advocate all of this stuff, the strength training and, and, the speed work and stuff like that, there are huge benefits of all of these things. Absolutely. But you've got to hit them in the right proportions. Mm -hmm. If you lose all of your recovery run and just focus on speed and strength, it's it's a dangerous path. And vice versa. I've, I've also found that for me, when I was training for the half marathon, I added in another day of running and I took away one of my strength days. And for me, th- that made my knee start to act up. A very good point. Right. Because yes, well, to get better at running, you have to be able to run. Part of that is in order to run, you have to be healthy. Right. So if the strength training done correctly is what keeps you going out the door on the other four days, uh-huh. then then that strength day is part of your necessary program. And the priority. And yes. that's and that's part of what's interesting is it's different for every single person. For you, it's okay for you to run six days a week. Your body is made for that. My body, if I were to run six days a week, would tend to probably break down more. I need strength training way more than you do. I think you would benefit from more. I I would, and I do. Right, but I think that my body needs it more than yours does. Like, your body benefits greatly from increased running. So does my brain. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And your mood. So does my mood. Right, yes, we like you more when you run. (laughs) There's a pendulum swinging also. (laughs) Okay, so... We wanted to do something a little bit new and start acknowledging some of our real-life running community out there. So just wanted to give a quick shout-out to some of our new people that have joined our real-life runners community. So hello to Rochelle, Steve, Casey, Beth, Missy, and Leah. Thank you guys so much for signing up for our website, and we look forward to, to serving you in the future with some of the information and products that we have available for you. We also wanted to take a second to thank the people who have gone out of their way to leave us a review on iTunes. So going way back, a thank you to our first review ever from Dr. Shannon Irvine, who says, Kevin and Angie are the real deal. They are not only great teachers of all things running, but also help us be the best we can be. If you need an expert who cuts through the fluff and fads and help us really up our game, you found your podcast, which is, well, it's quite humbling. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Shannon, for that review. We really really appreciate it and we appreciate you guys spending this time with us today as always and we're here to serve you guys so 
to make your life a little bit easier, we created a little guide for you. It's our six strength exercises for runners. It highlights six of our favorite exercises for you to focus on as a new runner or as a experienced runner, um, just to make sure you're really strengthening some of those important muscles for running. So if you want to head over to rlrstrength.com, all you have to do is enter in your email address and you will get that exercise guide for free sent right to you. So thank you guys for spending this time with us today and we will catch you next week.